I just had one of those old school clock moments that we had. It's like, what are you doing? Why are we back? Oh, that's right. Little hour sh- number three. A little shorter top of the hour break now. All right, let me do the due diligence on the program today. Hour three of the Plank Show, as always, is brought to you by our good friends at Roof Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs. 703-4245. It's area code 405-703-4245. Are you ready? Uh, Is there any? I feel like there might be a few loose ends. Are we good? Uh, we got a ton of text we can hit if you want to do that off the top here. Yeah, let's let's do that off the top here because I've been very poor um, whenever it comes to hitting up the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 651-3439. Again, 405-651-3439. Where do you want to start, Josh? Emmy Guthrie. Is she traveling with the team? Is she still with the team? Worried about her. Oh. Um, yes. She's still traveling with the team. Uh, let me let me back up a little bit. Emmy Guthrie was with the team in Houston. She wasn't on the first trip. I don't think Emmy Guthrie is going to factor into Sooner plans in 2022 unless something has gone terribly wrong with the pitching staff. Now, that's not a knock on Emma or Emmy. Uh, that's just the reality of how deep they are with Hope Trotwine, Nicole May, and Jordy Ball. In the future, maybe. She is... Uh, she's young, she's talented, um, she seems to be healthy now. So, to me, Emmy Guthrie is somebody that, I don't know, the best way, she looks like, she looks like a freshman. You know, Jordy Ball comes in and Jordy Ball looks like, oh my gosh, this, this person is a, she's gotta be like a senior. This is the greatest pitcher of all time. I've never seen anyone that is Bill. So Jordy Ball looks, Emma Guthrie looks like a freshman. You know, Quincy Lilio looks like a freshman, right? Um, but I, I just, again, maybe you'll see her in a midweek. Maybe you won't see her at all. But don't worry. She's, if, I, you know, I think there's a fascinating discussion to be had over the next couple of years. And this has nothing to do with Emma Guthrie, or Emmy Guthrie, excuse me. My daughter's name is Emma, so you start EM, and I'm going to naturally think it's Emma. Uh, but just about you know the difference that it makes with you know when you gave out offers and kind of you know the development of players after offers, and this has been a longstanding thing in high school and college softball that has now kind of changed a little bit over the last few years. So I'll be interested to see what the fallout is from that over the next couple of of years but yeah i don't think i think they're pretty good in the pitching staff right now so i don't think that she's going to factor into the equation unless something goes wrong injury wise like really wrong how on expansion how often has the three or four played in the championship game honestly isn't the proof in the pudding that it doesn't really even need to be four uh I disagree with that, but I hear what you're saying. Four is fine with me. Uh, we've seen Ohio State as the four seed win a national championship. Um, If you wanted to go back to two, I hear this a lot. Let's say you want to go back to two. It would have been Michigan and Alabama for the national championship. <laughs> right. Right? So um, if you want to go back to to two – 
last year Ohio State wouldn't have played in the national championship game. If you want to go back to two, um, Joe Burrow and LSU would have played Ohio State instead of Clemson. One versus two has only happened three times. And the one seed has, um, let's see, I've got it right here, one, two. The one seed's only won the championship three times. So, no, I vehemently disagree. Ohio State's not winning the national championship in 2015 if you just take the top two teams. Um, you know, Alabama, now, it, it would have helped us, to be honest with you. In 2017, Oklahoma would have played Alabama for a national championship as opposed to, or not Alabama, um, Clemson for a national championship as opposed to Georgia and Alabama playing for it, so it would have benefited Oklahoma. But yeah, no, 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 I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that line of thinking. I vehemently disagree with that. I just go back to two. No, we're we're expanding. We're growing the game. We're making more money. We're giving more opportunities. Oh, oh gosh, I got triggered last night, dude. Do you see what the what the ACC tried to throw? And I want to be very clear. I am the Atlantic Coast Conference. Correct. They were like, "Well, we worry about the the toll this is going to put on our student athletes." And, and it's like, "No, you don't. No, Stop you it. don't. You're you're. Can I use a term that it, you're virtue signaling with that? You do not at all. You don't care. Now we all care about the mental well being of our student athletes, but if you cared about the physical well being, then you wouldn't have an ACC championship game. Right? <laughs> then you would say, "No, no, no. Our schedules are schedule, and you can have a bowl game." But no, you don't. Stop. That doesn't matter to you at all, Jim Phillips, Don Beebe Jr. And everybody could eliminate a couple of payout games in their non-conference portion of the schedule if the number of games was a legitimate factor for anybody. But guess what? It's not. Anything else you just want to go hit the top five stories of the day? Last text here. Go ahead. On J. Don Hazelwood. Solution, really simple. Get off social media. <laughs> One thing that gets old. Hey, did you see that that on my timeline? Most people don't care. It's fair. Uh, I would like I would like to. But I just listen, A number 1, it's where I get a lot of my news. It's easiest way to get in touch with me cuz I ain't giving out my phone number. And um well, no, he's right. I'd love to get off. I would love to be off social media. This same texture has been on a little bit of a roll lately. Oh, yeah? Yesterday, Lincoln Riley is an eggplant emoji, but he will win next year. <laughs> yeah, it, Lincoln Riley is going to win by process of elimination. The big to the Pac-12 is terrible, and he's got the best starting quarterback in that, in that conference. So, yeah. The funny part is that it literally was spelled out eggplant emoji. <laughs> It's, I, I guess I need to express that to you because you're not reading the text. All right, let's hit the top five stories of the day, shall we? As always, it is brought to you by your sponsor here. Big story number five. Number five. All right, we've uh, waited three hour, or two hours and ten minutes to get into it. So yesterday the fallout from the Jawan Howard punishment handed down. Suspended five games. That's the remainder of the regular season. Fined 40K, which 
I know in our world of seeing $20,000 fines to NFL players for wardrobe issues, 40K is the biggest fine that's ever been handed down by the, by the Big Ten. So it's significant. Um, let's see. Wisconsin coach Greg Gard was fined ten grand for violating the conference's sportsmanship policy, not suspended. Good. Yeah, he, sh- he should be punished in some way. Uh, Michigan forwards Terrence Williams and Musse Diabate and Wisconsin guard Jacoby Neath were each suspended one game as all three appeared to throw punches. Josh, thoughts? I think guard should have been suspended for a game because, to me, using the timeout in that fashion led to a lot of this. He didn't have to stop Jawan Howard in the handshake line either. I do, and I said this yesterday, there is a level of decorum. I I lay most of the blame on Jawan Howard. About 90% of the blame to me is Jawan Howard here. But guard did, it was a punk move. It, It was one of those unwritten rules that you go against that guard used that timeout, and he could have let Jawan Howard just walk right on by through the handshake line. Instead, he escalated it himself. So I thought both head co- both head coaches on some level did have a little bit of blame, but all in all, mostly the penalties are fair. And again, Jawan Howard, to me, the lion's share of the problem, no doubt. Did, you, did your opinion at all change on that other angle that was making the rounds? Of of Jawan Howard yelling at him before he got to him for Greg Gard, did that? I mean, because it kind of did for me. I don't know if you saw it or not, but you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, Greg Gard grabbed him." But there's an angle that I guess one of the local TV stations had where you could you could hear Jawan Howard cussing and yelling at him as he's walking towards him. <laughs> Still, you don't touch him in that instance. You just, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, college basketball coaches are very handsy is one thing I've noticed. Well, and again, a lot of times in the handshake line, that kind of happens where each coach will sort of grab the other's elbow or arm and you kind of embrace in that way and share a quick thought, quick word. Hey, congratulations. This was not, of course, a hey, congratulations moment. Again, probably better judgment. Gord wouldn't wouldn't have tried to stop him at all. Does that change my opinion on it? Not really. Again, I mean, to me, it was clear that Jawan Howard <laughs> had been had been yapping at Coach Guard as he was making right. his way through the handshake line. And, again, to me, he's the one that incited most okay. of this. Um, but no suspension from the Big Ten for him, which I, I'm with you. I'm kind of surprised. I thought he'd get, like, at least a game or something. Meanwhile, uh, Jawan Howard, my buddy Robbie just pointed this out. I mean, he didn't even hit the guy that he wanted to hit. <laughs> Which has got to be the funniest part in all of this. Yeah, I know. He hit the other assistant coach. <laughs> Unreal. All right. Um, five games. Five key games for Michigan, who's fighting to make the playoffs. We'll see where it goes from here. All right. Big story. Oh, okay. do you want this Izzo stuff? I sure. Mean, all right. Tom Izzo um, decided to use – well, he was asked a question, and he went off for about four minutes – so I did my best to condense the four minutes down to two quick takes. Um, it, th- this this was the first, which again, I'm not saying I disagree, but I just I couldn't help but laugh with Izzo's response. Not shaking hands. Um, that's typical of our country right now. You know, instead of solving the problem, let's make an excuse and let's see if we can uh, 
just instead of confronting and demanding that it changes, let's eliminate it so that we don't have those problems. Let's 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 try to do that. That's that's perfect us right now. That's not perfect me. That's not happening here. So if some team doesn't want to shake hands, you're going to see 15 of my guys walk down and shake air. Now, again, that doesn't he's, – he's doing the shaking air thing. That's uh, good for him. I, I like that. I do too. And Coach Porter Moser said something similar. Uh, you know what? I was just pulling up the Porter stuff. We'll have that for you uh, after the bottom of the hour. Here's one more. Talk shows, there are suggestions. Oh, wait, this is the whole thing. I don't want to hear the whole thing. Anyway, the point is you have a lot of people that are being asked about it. I talked to Jamie Pollard, the Iowa State Athletic Director, yesterday. He said, Hey, immediately, you know, I'm having a conversation with my coaches and seeing how I can help them to better understand the expectations that I want to be in a situation where I'm being asked about my coach throwing hands at another coach. All right, big story number four. This is more from last night than anything else for number, number four. Number four. Had a couple of college basketball games in the Big 12, including a game that ended up being sneaky good in Stillwater. Akinjo to Flagler. Gives the ball to Akinjo on the right wing. Rondell Walker on him. Akinjo up with an 18-footer. It's good. Akinjo with a bucket. Bears lead by two. 12 seconds to play. And they would hold on with the Baylor Bears barely. Five seconds to go. Rondell Walker, likely for three. Shot is no good. Bears win. Bears win in overtime over Oklahoma State. 66-64, the final score. Good game. Great game. This is not a uh, Baylor team that has been playing all that great, though, the last (laughs) three weeks or so. And and yet... Yet, if Kansas loses to Kansas State tonight, which I think we all agree is a bit of a long shot, Baylor's a one seed. And they're not playing all that well, which is wild. Also, it looked like the bubble finally burst on TCU last, or at West Virginia last night. TCU smoked them 77-67. I think we can end West Virginia as a tournament team after that, right? Yeah, I would say highly, highly unlikely. It's just been a mess of a oh, season for them. A disaster. Uh, we'll get to big in big story number one, we'll talk about Oklahoma and Texas Tech. All right, big story number three. Number three. Diamond Sports Update now. OU Sooner Baseball was slated to be at home today against Wichita State in a game that was supposed to start at 4. They've moved the start time up. To 2.30, we'll have pregame coverage for you on our flagship, Sports Talk 1499.3 FM in Norman. But the Sooners will play Wichita State, and we'll have you covered here in Norman before Northwestern State comes in this weekend. Is the weather supposed to improve this weekend at all? Is that? I'm pulling it up right now as we speak. I'll be your unofficial weatherman. But intrigue for the home opener, Josh Helmer. Where is your level of excitement for Oklahoma and Wichita State to play in 24-degree weather in th- in four hours? Well, I'm excited about that part of it. it. I think it's an important game for OU. If they want to be the tournament team that everybody hopes that they can be this season, you have to win midweek games like this against the Wichita States of the world. This weekend versus Northwestern State needs to be a sweep. So I think it's uh, important. Home opener for Oklahoma today. Weather's going to stink. Yeah, weather's going to stink today, and it looks like it's going to stink all weekend long. Um, But this team deserves your support, so get out. 
get out and do it. Um, let's see, Wednesday, Thursday. So Thursday. Wait, hold on. It's not that bad. It's not as bad as the next few days are bad. Oh wait, hold on. I'm looking at I'm looking at early March. <laughs> oh boy. Um, Thursday, 30 degrees with a 62 chance uh, percent chance of rain and some ice. Friday, 36 degrees. Saturday, 43 degrees. Looks like it's going to be nice on Sunday. Maybe a little Sunday doubleheader could be in play. Meanwhile, for the OU softball team, we're on the road to Palm Springs. Uh, a portion of the team is leaving tonight. We're on the road tomorrow morning as Oklahoma gets set for five games in three days, starting on Thursday <clears throat> Friday afternoon against Cal State Fullerton. That's a 2.30 first pitch, Long Beach State at 5. Jocelyn Allo chasing history. If you missed Patty Gasso, that'll be up on the podcast a little bit later on today. Big story number two. Number two. I had the Aaron Rodgers saga kind of penciled in here at big story number two, Josh. But I feel like we did kind of hammer and hash through that a little bit earlier in the show. Does it change your opinion about what we might see or hear after knowing that he appears to be going on Pat McAfee's show later on today? I, I want to know what happens on Pat McAfee's show. Without without having heard the show yet, it's tough for me to say one way or the other. Well, it's later this afternoon. I think, uh, let's see, so it's 5 to 8, 8 to 11. So he, he's coming on, it looks... Uh, like at the at, at noon, so he hasn't come on quite yet. Right, so we'll see later today. I'm going to say that people are overreacting here a little bit. That's that's my feel going in. Though it is curious, he's going on this show, and he's you know in the past has said this is the spot where I'm going to be delivering big news. Here's the deal, though. Aaron Rodgers can't trade Aaron Rodgers, right? So what news? What news could he deliver outside of, hey, I'm going to management and I've demanded to be there you traded? Go. There you go. That might be it. And as I could hear Aaron Rodgers, and as part of my agreement, you know, they said they, they tried to trade me, and so I'm going to go to him and let him know I'm ready to go somewhere else in my career. And Pat, oh! Oh! Bleep yeah! Bleep yeah! <laughs> I love that. Um, but, yeah, I think, and in fact, McAfee just moments ago uh, did tweet – that today kicks off the 2022 NFL season for this show. Aaron Rodgers will be joining us. Albert Breer said Rodgers did say he was cognizant of the league's calendar. And Aaron Rodgers did say that if there were news to be broken or breaked, kidding. if there's news to be broken, then he would do it on Pat's show. So we'll see. Interesting. If I don't he, think he's breaking any news today. What if he retires? What if Aaron Rodgers just said, "Hey, man, I'm I love my life. I love what I'm doing here. Uh, I've got a lot of I've been reading a lot of books. Um, some of these books I've said I've read and I haven't yet, and I want to read them. <laughs> That's one of my. They've got, they've got the book club with Pat McAfee's show, and the funny part of it is, is he gave a suggestion on a book, and Pat goes, "What'd you think of it?" And Aaron goes, "Well, I haven't read it yet." <laughs> so maybe he's got all of his mini leather bounder books that he wants to read. I don't know. But Aaron Rodgers looks like we're going to at least get something today. Is the Jeopardy his... thing still an option? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe. Who's the host over there now? They don't have one yet. That's okay, a good well, point. it's definitely. An I option. guess it is. They've been rotating guest hosts. And I got to be honest, I wasn't really a big Jeopardy guy to begin with. I'm more of a pressure luck kind of a fan. So 
don't know. We'll see. Does Snoop Dogg still have his uh, game show, Joker's Wild? Snoop Dogg had a game show? Yeah. And it was on a broadcast network television? Uh, no, I don't think it was oh, on. I was going to say. <laughs> one a lot of, of beeps on that one. All right. Uh, so, anyway, cryptic Instagram post last night. Maybe some resolution coming up today from Aaron Rodgers. We shall see. Which gets us to big story number one. Number, number one. Number one. Number one. So tonight, the University of Oklahoma hits the road as they square off against Texas Tech. Porter Moser was asked about yeah. – oh, hold on, Coach – was asked about the challenge of the quick turnaround, right? You have you have a Friday where you find out E.J. Harkless is out for the year. you got to play Saturday in Ames, and you turn around and you're playing Tuesday in Lubbock. Oh, by the way, you got a bunch of freshmen you're trying to matriculate into the lineup with Harkless's injury. The, um, the turnaround's quick, uh, Ryan, no question about it. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time up here yesterday. Uh, we watched a lot of film with the guys. Uh, we went through it. We walked through it. It's hard to go live because with this many bodies, you got to stay fresh. We're going to do some live today, but not much. You got to stay fresh. So that's that's the part that I, I've told you guys a lot. I think about Coach Majerus because you just when you're trying to teach and teach and teach, you just want practice time, and it just simply don't have it because um, you're game planning and you're doing things. But to answer your question about adjustments, a lot of it is is having to try to get these three freshmen a race to maturity. I mean, the race to maturity, we, we have four games left. These three have got to play valuable minutes for us. Um, Jacob Groves, I thought Jacob actually gave us some good lifts, you know, and he, he did when he got the call at West Virginia and Auburn. Um, so he, he's had a little bit more experience, but um, and that's why he's in that starting lineup. But we're, we're going to have to, we spent a lot of time on Justin trying to get these guys, let's, let's get them, and they've had, all had opportunities. And it's not like CJ and Bijan, especially, haven't had minutes throughout the year. They've played throughout the year. Um, we just got to get them trying to play at a higher higher level um, and, and probably more minutes. It'll be tough. Oklahoma, Texas Tech, tonight. Let's go more in-depth when we come back. That's your top five stories of the day right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. More on Oklahoma and Texas Tech. And again, don't forget, tonight, or this afternoon, a 2 p.m. pregame show, 2.30 first pitch, Oklahoma baseball, and Wichita State at Chile. Eldell, Mitchell Park, it's the Plank Show. Show's like flying by today, I feel like. Like, literally, I feel like we got another hour to do. I'm like, we only got 30 minutes left in this bad boy. Yeah, you want to take the rest of the show off and we'll just replay the Gasso interview? I'll we've say got, that we've got a couple suggestions for that. They want the gas. So why don't you replay it tomorrow? Maybe we'll see. Oh, you got stuff lined up for tomorrow. I might pull a cutter too. You know how it is. I mean, I'm trying to do live radio. Gotcha. We could re-air it, dude. How lazy would that be of me? Did a long interview with Coach Gasso to kick off the ten o'clock hour, and at eleven thirty, I'm like, "Oh, take a break. We'll be back. Replay the Patty Gasso interview." And we're, we're going to have a lot to react to tomorrow. Oklahoma basketball tonight. You think? <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> that might be one of those where you're not watching after. Now, I'm a firm believer that OU is going to play well tonight. But what a tough spot to be in, right? A team that is hungry for a little bit of revenge. You've got a guy in uh, Mo Gibson who had a career game against them last time out. 
And so it has scored three points since. So you know that they're going to be in a in a position to where they want to shut him down. But also, you've been riding that pretty incredible roller coaster of of Mo Gibson being the best player we've seen inside the Lloyd Noble Center when they played Texas Tech to virtually, as you mentioned, Josh, non-existent since. In fact, Porter Moser was asked about it. It was the first question out of the gates yesterday about the, the kind of tough nature of riding this roller coaster with Mo right you now. You know, I guess the consistency is is of doing multiple things to help, help your game and help you win. You know, whether um, – I don't want consistent to be based on how many threes he hits. You know, consistency on, you know, the way he guards, the way he uh, maybe gets to the foul line, like finds ways to get some other shots, maybe off the dribble. He's consistently like if they're flying him off the line, go down the dribble is is I don't want him to put all his eggs in his shooting basket, like as terms of consistency. Uh, I want consistency on all around play with him. You know, if, if he's not getting threes, it doesn't dictate his defense. His defense still at a high level. Um, he's still. He's still such a weapon because he, if, if, if he's doing what like some things like um, a couple teams did, they just completely try to take him out. Well, it opens up driving lanes, you know, and, and feed, let him know that's good. But, you know, he got some rebounds last time against Texas Tech. He did some other things besides make all those threes. But um, just consistency cons- considers a lot of different things. There you go. I like the way you put it, you know, attack, defense, finding open teammates. There's a lot of different ways that you can work around becoming more consistent beyond just, hey, you didn't hit enough threes here today. Step inside the three-point line, knock down a mid-range jumper, attack the basket, get fouled, distribute, defend. It's, you know what, though? It's, it's, it's hard whenever he had such a – that's a way to put it – historic <laughs> – performance from beyond the three-point arc the last time these two teams played and excuse me Texas Tech's they're gonna they're gonna challenge you in the paint and listen they're they're a good defensive basketball team but they'll take their chances with letting you try to beat them for three than they will just about anything else just probably not not Mo Gibson not Mo Gibson tonight (laughs) yeah I mean you don't think that he's the number one focus on the scouting report. Yes, that. yes, I do. Yes, I do. Oklahoma, Texas Tech tonight. Where's your confidence meter right now, Josh, for this game? That Oklahoma can win it? Correct. 5%. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, well, they got a chance, sure. They beat this team already. That's beat right. convincingly in LNC. As J.V. Haney told me once, if you beat them once, why can't you beat them again? Now, no Harkless in this uh, game. And I I thought what coach Moser was talking about there is important. He's right. We need to see, we need to see that B John Cortez that played against Iowa state in the second half. CJ Noland. Okay. Time to take another step forward. Alston Mason has gotten minutes and spots, but it's not been impactful from Alston Mason yet. All right, here we go. There's your chance. I mean, it's it's go time. You, you need to be impactful. By the way, C.J. Nolan, whenever I look at that dude, I think, oh, man, I'd like to see him as a tailback. You know, he's kind of got that, that – maybe even as a free safety coming down in the box. Boom! He's going to get an opportunity. You know, you mentioned E.J. Harkless. We all talk about what Mo did the last time that these two teams played where he hit eight three-pointers and scored 30 points. 
Elijah Harkless had a pretty good game against Texas Tech. He finished with 13 points, grabbed three boards, was all over the place defensively. That's you know I, that's where my concern is without Harkless is what he brought defensively. Fingers crossed, man. You're right. golden opportunity, golden opportunity for uh, Austin Mason, um, C.J. Nolan, heck, even for a Jacob Groves, as you heard, in, injected into the starting lineup now. Be nice to get a little bit more from Tanner Groves, too. It's going to be tough. Boy, Texas Tech has that look of a team that's going to do some things in March, right? They getting healthy and, and seeing O'Banner. I mean, he's become a dude now at Texas Tech. And you know that environment is going to be hopping tonight inside the United Supermarkets Arena. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. I mean, it won't be – Texas or Kansas is good for them. I can see this being – this is strange to say. Go ahead. But I can see this being a little bit of a letdown spot for Texas Tech, even though they lost to Oklahoma. Yeah, that should be super motivating going in. But Texas Tech's been playing some really good basketball. They're just coming off the sweep in the season series of Texas. Oklahoma has lost 10 of 12. It's not – a good Oklahoma team right now. I mean, this could be – it makes sense where it would set up for Texas Tech to to be perhaps a lazy start emotionally with the crowd, a, a lazy start in some ways for Texas Tech if they don't come in dialed in in the right ways for this game tonight. Yeah. I like the way you're thinking. You're painting this picture of hope. Hey, hold up now. Tech can't play at this level all the time. They're coming off that emotional win against Texas. I could see where they could sleepwalk into this thing a little bit is all I'm saying. I think they're a lot better than Oklahoma, and I think they could sleepwalk into this game and still beat Oklahoma by 15-plus tonight. But I'm just saying that that is a possibility here. Josh just took your picture of hope and ripped it apart right in front of you. <laughs> right. Just squashed it. I, I got more from Porter that we can get to before we get out of here as well as a couple of players. But – when we come back, it's time for the news, according to Josh. Will we get a definitive answer from one Aaron Rodgers about his future whenever he joins Pat McAfee later today? We'll debate next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. So I've had a lot of ways in which people reach out to the show, right? We have the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We have Twitter.com, at JoshOnRef, at Plank Show. That's at JoshOnRef, at Plank Show. Um... I've had Facebook messages, but I never got an Instagram message on the show until yesterday. Got an Insta DM? Correct. Usually, for me, personally, my Instagram DMs would be me sending my wife or my son the reels that made me laugh. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. Um, Miles, and this is not a knock by any stretch of the imagination on Miles. It's just I want to defend myself for anyone else that felt this way. Miles writes, I was dying of laughter when you said on the show that Sam Presti isn't a good GM. Oh, and real quick, I never said that. I never said Sam Presti isn't a good GM. I just said that if you're going to, if you're going to, what's the word I'm looking for? Cherry pick. And say, gosh, look at the talent he's evaluated and Josh Giddy, and then you gotta go all the way back to Russell Westbrook. You know, that's that's a ten year gap. There's a lot of picks in there of like the Doug McDermott's of the world and guys that just haven't panned out. 
Yeah, you know? th- there's been plenty of duds as well. And, but again, I would take his track record over just about any general manager. So pointing out someone's faults isn't necessarily saying I'm not a fan of them. Just like the dude that wanted to hear the Patty Gasso interview. You're obviously listening, dude, and you dope. It was from the show earlier today. Can't give you three I'll, hours of gold. There's got to be some. I'll podcast it. Um, I just. <laughs> anyway, uh, Miles continued. I know what LeBron meant by his statement. I, okay, because no one else seems to, right? Everyone else seems to be like, all right, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to plant a seed for Sam Presti to be a guy the Lakers go after? Are you trying to plant a seed for Oklahoma City to come get you? He writes, have you seen how many draft picks the OKC Thunder have for the next six years? You should check it out. They've slowly accumulated draft picks for other teams, whereas the Lakers have given their picks away for people to build around LeBron. Yes. And the Lakers won a title two years ago while you're rebuilding. Here's my frustration with it, and here's why I think Thunder fans should maybe start to gear their thinking. Where do you turn from tanking to, all right, we're, we're fighting that battle now to get back? Where? When? What? How? I mean, you've got more draft picks than you have spots on the roster. That's the reality of it right now. And if you're going to use that to overdraft Bronny Jr. because you want to bring LeBron to Oklahoma City, okay, but that's still three years down the road. Yeah, that can't be the path they take. That would – Ruin everything that's happened to this point. I just, I don't get it. I, 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 I don't get it. So, again, good, good points. Appreciated the back and forth. Went back, not in a bad way, but he stretched the imagination. But, okay, great. You've got draft draft picks. The NBA draft is two rounds. Two. Well, I think Oklahoma City's got to be very aggressive in this draft. Agreed. This is it. This draft and next draft, and after that, it's look, it's time to be winning again. I just, you know, it, I don't understand. The path is still very murky, right? It is. You don't know. But you're, Shea, I think Shea Gilgis Alexander is a stud. I think Josh Giddy has the potential to be a stud. I think he's still growing. A lot of dudes, after one year, people start to adjust to their game and say, hey, man, this guy can't shoot. All right, so let's defend him this way, and things suddenly change, or this guy can't drive, or this guy struggles defensively, or whatever might be the case. Let's be patient. Let's let it continue to develop. Looks promising right now. Preach. Let's see. So I guess my point more than anything else is I'm here for you. I'm here. If you want to keep tanking, that's fine. But A, tanking doesn't always work, and B, it sucks for the fans. You're happy with this? You like going in high fives like, hey, see what we got? You see what we got? We got a first-round pick from the Heat that's protected as long as it's in the top ten for 2027. And listen, I've been watching high school games. No, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Dude, we just made a trade. you see what we did? We traded this backup guy to – or we traded the rights to Kimball Walker to the Knicks, and we got a first-round pick if it's outside the top – 20 in 2029. Let's go! Really, in so many ways, Presti's legacy will be determined. And I've said this before, Yeah, but I'll say it again for 
new listeners as a you know signals grown and we, we you know reach more people now if this fails then he's not going to have this reputation as this right. great general manager nope if he brings Oklahoma City back he'll continue to have that reputation it, it's all about this this rebuild here needs to be successful and they need to be aggressive in this NBA draft they can't just keep stockpiling picks that honestly aren't all that great of picks I just and, and again, this is not a show that's going to have a ton of thunder talk on it. But when we do, I'm not going to blow smoke up your backside and tell you how great things are like other people do. You got to be real about it. And I know, I get it. There's a lot of patience there, and there should be. But there is also this point where you're like, I um, uh, I'm ready to try to compete. Let's go. Let's do what the Suns did. Let's. Let's do what the Bucks did. Bucks weren't a contender. They're nothing. And then suddenly they hit the jackpot with Giannis and made them made the moves they did. It can be done. It can be done. I just think at some point, I was talking about this with Rick Camel this morning, NBA Radio, and he's like, at some point, you want to see the turn start in a tank. And if it's just endless, no, 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 we need another year, that wears on fans. That's where you reach the point where you're like, okay, what the hell is going on here? Let's go. All right, quick break. News according to Josh is going to take us home next. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to uh, either going to play Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, like to say adios to this path that we're on with the Thunder. It's got to be frustrating. We got our we got our uh, whoa. Just like ESPN has its slated amount of NBA talk each day. I got it in right. We got our monthly amount in right here. Two days in a row. Good stuff. I love talk. I love debating. That's what this is all about. But hey, I always come back with if you're happy with it, all right, whatever. Go. Brag, go get that jersey with future considerations on the back instead of a dude's name. I just plank show. Damon Lane. Meteorologist. Meteorologist. There's a billboard that says they are Norman's foremost weather experts. I still don't see Norman on their weather maps. Is the National Weather Center like a little <laughs> I guess so. about that I mean, statement? We do have the National Weather Center here. but So he just tweeted, the, the air over Oklahoma is much colder than projected. We knew it would be cold, but this is much colder than we thought. Josh, what does that mean to you? It means it's cold. It's cold today. Exactly. Someone asked, and I was in the comments, which are a fantastic place to be for a weatherman right now. There's like one person that defends the weatherman and everyone else is just crushing him. <laughs> <laughs> what are they saying to him? I had a laugh. I had a laugh at this one right here, which was kind of funny. Uh, but he said it doesn't change anything as far as the amount of precipitation or anything they expect. Someone said, appreciate the honesty. almost." Over. Which, by the way, honesty, it's colder than we thought. That's not really saying I missed my forecast. It's just kind of, boy, man, it's a little colder than we thought it was going to be. And someone said, hey, I appreciate the honesty, blah, blah, blah. And then someone replied, it's not about getting it wrong. It's a moving target. It's called weather prediction, not a guarantee. Why is this so hard for people to understand? Whoa. Here's why, Joe. Because they sit there and they beat you over the head with their promos about how accurate they are. The most accurate forecast. National Weather Service approved. When you brag, if I sat here on this show every day, and I bragged about how great my picks are, and my picks sucked, then I would expect to be called on it. 
100% accurate 30% of the time. Right. That's. I mean, I'm just saying, it, if you want to try to defend him, that's fine, but I don't understand. Well, they brag on themselves about how right they always are. What's the cologne from Anchorman? Uh, it's, it works like 20, it was like a hundred percent of the time. It works 20% of the time. <laughs> right. Uh, listen, true sooner. Take us home. Uh, take us home. True the sooner. final word. You get it. It is cold out here, by the way. Um, I was going to tell you, so the thunder, <laughs> you know, they've been kind of gloating a little bit the last few years about, about 93% retention rate, uh, renewal rate. And, you know, three times seven is 21. So they've lost 21% in the last three years. So, I mean, you know, back up what you're saying is, you know, the fans are getting tired of it. I don't know if it'll happen this year or not, if it's going to end this year, like, you know, or, or if it's going to halfway end or what. But I think at some point you can't – you can boast about 93% renewal, but at some point, you know, those add up. No, I agree. That's I, a little, that, yeah. I only say i got to go because I'm out of time, true soon. Yeah, yeah. Stay yeah. warm out there. Stay safe out there is what Arnie would always say. I don't know. I I guess I would love to have Sam Presti sit down and give us, like, real talk. Is there somebody that when you look at all these future picks that you've accumulated that you say, this this is our target dude or this is our, our goal? And I know he has it, right? There's no way he'd still be employed if it's like, well, man, I'm just going to – we're going to chill here and just keep accumulating picks. I mean, that's <laughs> there has been that understanding. So, well, they've got a lot of future picks. New, New York has a lot of future picks. New Orleans has a lot of future picks. But you're looking at three this year, you know, three next year. I mean, it's all right. Is there a target out there that you look at and say, that's a dude that we're hoping to end up getting? I don't know. But you got enough, <laughs> you got enough weaponry to go out and try to do it. To all of our folks out there, KJ Kindler, Patty Gasso, it will be podcasted shortly. Will it? Well, you don't have to. No, no, it will be soon. <laughs> all right, we'll, our, our one guy was in overnighters, so I get it. Ah, uh, all right. Okay, listen, we got it. We got a break uh, because Steely and Thune at noon are next on the on the home of senior fans.